Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanji. Before you can have a steadfast faith for healing in your body, you must be rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will in the matter. You must. You must be very sure. Praise the Lord. Because it is His will. Many Christians struggle in this area because they've never had it established in them that it is God's will for them to be free from sickness. So as long as you still think maybe sometimes he uses sickness, maybe as long as you still have that in your heart that God may have sympathy or use for sickness, it is going to always be a struggle. Praise Jesus. But you must get rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will in the matter. Appropriating faith cannot go beyond one's knowledge of the revealed will of God. You can't appropriate faith beyond knowledge of God's revealed word. You can't. And that's why there are two kinds of unbelief. There is unbelief because of ignorance. There is unbelief because of wrong information. You hear what I'm saying? Unbelief because of ignorance is easier to deal with than unbelief because of misconception. And I believe it is that kind of unbelief that Jesus was saying, this kind cannot go except by prayer and fasting when he was talking to those disciples. Many people have said it was the demon he was saying that this demon cannot go except by prayer and fasting. But in context, you realize that it was the unbelief that the disciples had that he was addressing. And he's saying, this kind cannot go except by prayer and fasting. It was the unbelief. And I've seen this even when I'm preaching in places. You see like how people are going maybe to East Pokot, to some of these people that have never had the gospel at all, or some places you go for the first time. They've never heard whether God heals or God does not heal. They know nothing about God. And tell them God is here. He's ready to heal. Whether you're blind, you're deaf, you're this. And you see results so fast because they were just ignorant. They had never heard of it. Then you go to church people. They've had a lot. They've had God's answer sometimes, his weight. They, as in they've just had a lot. So you go to church people and it is because you, you need to first get the misconceptions out of them. You need them to unlearn the wrong things they've learned about healing. Like, oh, it, it just takes a special word. It is in God's timing. It is, they have all these excuses. One time, Chelosbon was having a crusade here. Was, it was not in Nakuru. It was somewhere, but it was, it, it was somewhere, I think, in western Kenya. And he told people, come, if somebody, that, that day he was praying for the blind, so if there is anybody who does not see, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to touch your eyes, and after we finish praying, your eyes will be seeing. And there is a mother who came with a baby. That baby ha didn't have eyes. They were born without eyes and no, no sockets for the eyes. You get it? So there is, no, there is no socket. That's how they were born. Deformed that way. And there are photos of this. They are documented. People traveled. I, think, I don't know how old this, this now, right now he must be a man. But people used to come from America to see the miracle boy. I don't remember his name. That's somewhere in Western Kenya. 
So the mother came, and when they said that, the mother just touched the boy's forehead. And after the prayer, there were very small eyes, like pea size, and a small slit. And she came to testify. And she doesn't seem overwhelmed, so he's asking her, are you happy? She's like, yes, I'm happy. She's like, but you don't look surprised. And she told him, you said that after you pray, they will be seeing. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? She wasn't surprised. Many Christians are surprised when a miracle happens because of a lot that we've had. That is pure faith, no misconception. So she was happy, but by the time she's putting hands on her baby, she knew that by the time he finishes praying, there will be eyes because that's what he said. But you see, when you come to church, they're like, ah, what if I embarrass myself? What if I, you know, like a lot is just going on in a believer's mind. And people wonder, why is it that during crusades you see more miracles than you see in church? It is because people in church are established. <laughs> you remember one time I told you about being established? Yeah, as Smith Wigglesworth was talking about being established. Something established does not move. But we should learn to always be like children, to always learn afresh. But you see, we just think about the years we've been in church. And that's why you see, many people, are, they are new believers, they've just come to church, they're the ones who keep testifying. This one who has been in church for 15 years, he knows it all. Is there every testimony just passes by his house. Because you see, he, he knows it all. And it's very hard to experience the kingdom of God that way. That's why he tells us, unless we are like children, that every day when you come, you come with childlike faith. Every day when you come, you come ready to receive again. That you never, you never grow too big for the presence of God. You never grow too big for the word of God. And you see, you will hear statements like, ah, I've heard about healing. I've heard about giving. I've heard about salvation. I've heard about the Holy Spirit. Whenever you hear somebody like that, their head is growing too big. And that is why they have very few testimonies. Whatever is of God, the word of God, no matter how many times you've had, it should excite you. They never say, I've watched soccer. You get it? You come, ah, there's a match this weekend. Ah, I've watched Manu play a lot. No, they're excited. They're like, where? You get it? But when you tell them, I, I want us to do a study on healing. In our church, we, we just did. We just did last month. You just know they've not got it. It's not a reality to them. Whoever it is a reality to, they will leap with excitement. If they are really experiencing it, they will leap with excitement. They'll want to hear it more and more. And that is how we see that revivals have, you know, revivals and moves of God have been killed, not by God. It is not God that stopped them. It is man. That's how powerful man is. God begins a move and man ends it. That's how powerful man is. Because man becomes so familiar with this, they know. How many people speak in tongues, yet they are so powerless in their lives? Because, I've been speaking in tongues for 20 years. But you see, the very first day you spoke in tongues, you're excited. You just think there is no mountain you can't move. Anything that comes your way, you just hear. You feel a headache. And it is gone. And now you speak them while yawning. That's how you're speaking in tongues. 
And you're wondering why you speak in tongues, but your life is so powerless. It is because you stopped being a child. You should tell yourself, may I never grow so much that I lose that child kind of relationship with God. That I should always tell Osborne said that he learned to always stay young enough to always learn something new. That's how many churches die. How many, you know how many churches do we go to here in Kenya, even in Uganda that I know? And they are just a monument. You get it? They just talk of things that happened in the 70s. You know our founder, hey, during that time, we saw people in this village, blind people saw. Every testimony is in the past. Why? Because eventually they grew, they got church elders who saw it all. And when the power of God touches people, they cool them down, they tell them we saw it all, this is just excitement. And they just, they just keep killing the fire. God tries to ignite many people. There's his fire brigade. They, they, <laughs> that's their work. How many? Many churches have been killed by elders council, what council? Because they didn't stay young enough. They think that you can outgrow things of God until you, you contain them. And when you start containing them, and that is what we've seen in this season. When we thought that many old men of God would cheer on young ministers who are to stand on their faith even during this corona time, they call them out for lack of wisdom. You get it? It's true, some things may go out of hand. It's true, some may be a lot of carelessness. But is that the first thing that you should see? That's not the first thing that Jesus saw when Peter said, let me come and walk on water. Jesus didn't tell him, do you want to be foolish? You know what I'm saying? And even when Peter started sinking, Jesus didn't rebuke him for wanting to walk on water. What Jesus charged him for was losing his faith. Losing sight of Jesus. But you see today when somebody is daring to do things for God, those who saw those things a while back, they say, hey, even us, we were like that. He just said, yeah? Sit and be quiet. That's what they will tell you. So sad. Yeah? I pray that we stay young enough. That even 70 years from now, we are still excited about the things that God does. That when we see other people come after us, and they come with experiences that they excite us. That when we hear testimonies, they excite us. We don't treat them lightly. Praise the Lord. That when somebody, you know, like when people come to me, a number of people come to me, oh, pastor, today I prayed for my first person to speak in tongues. I don't tell them it's a small thing. Praise the Lord. I'm excited with them. I'm excited for them. I remember the first time I prayed for somebody to speak in tongues. I was excited. Praise Jesus. So I, it's, it's not an excitement I ever want to outgrow. I never want to outgrow anything that God has done. And you see, I used to be challenged this when I would see great ministers of God. Like I would see, I know, a minister of God in our country. And you see, I would go for his miracle services. Case, crazy cases were, as in crazy cases. You see, dead people were raised in church. 
There's even a YouTube video. I don't know if I could get that video. But there's a YouTube video. A lady that had died just in church and called her by her name. She came back. Another person died and they come, call him from church. Somebody has died and he took his watch and gave to the mother and said, go, put this watch on her. Call her. Call her name. And she came back to life that way. Cripples have come there. Politicians. People have traveled from all over. And I would be so amazed somebody comes to the stage and in one eye, their sight is not so clear. It's not that they are blind. And this man takes time to pray for this person. And we rejoice about that testimony for 30 minutes. The man is excited. He's in tears. You can now see clearly. And you see, as a young person, I'm wondering. As in every day we are seeing here, blind, I totally blind people. People who are born blind, seeing. Why, what is so exciting about this one? This one was not even fully blind. It was one eye and it was not seen clearly. And he's excited like this. And the next day when he has his program on TV, he wants to show a footage on the power of God. That's the footage he pulls out. I'm like, with all the archives you have, like, why should you show this one? Why don't you show those ones who came with the medical forms where there is proof? Why don't you show those ones where a leg was straightened out on stage? But you see, the map grown, I've realized, this man has stayed young enough to be excited about whatever God does because he knows in my own power, I can't, I ha, I'm as much helpless to open a totally, totally blind eyes as it is to correct a sight defect. It has to be God. And I have to give him glory for that. And that is why for years his ministry has stayed as a ministry, a miracle ministry. Before we were born, we were born, we grew up, this is the name we are hearing, and up to today. And there are many other ministries there, but we hear about them in the past. Oh, this man used to have miracles, this man, but this one has kept the same. It is because of that innocence. And when you see when he's hosted other ministers, who if we are to go by numbers, and they've not even seen a quote of what he's experienced in his life. You see how he stands and honors them. How he's excited at the things God is doing, at the things God is doing through them. And you're like, ah, whatever they are preaching, whatever they are seeing, the guy should be on vacation. What new do these people have to offer him? But it is because he sees God in them. He sees what God is doing, and he'll honor God in them. That is something that should be very crucial to us, especially as people who come to this ministry. It should be very crucial to us. We should never, we should never get so used to the things of God in that way. We should be familiar with the things of God in that they are not foreign from us. But we should never get to a place where we think we know it all. I'm coming for Thursday. Uh, I, I want to time after worship. I want to come for the word. When you see Christians starting to do that, they are on their way. They are eventually going to find them so-called. When you got born again, you're just excited. You're at church an hour earlier. You're excited about everything. And you kept seeing testimonies. Testimonies were not only when pastor was preaching. You came when prayers were going on and God touched you. Worship was going on, God touched you. Somebody just welcomed you at the door and you were touched. Now you've outgrown prayer time. You've outgrown worship time. 
You've even outgrown some of the preachers in church. You show up when it's a particular preacher. Eventually, you've also outgrown some of the things he preaches. You only show up when he's preaching a certain thing. You get what I'm saying? You used to go for the altar calls and what? And now even if it's accurate, you're just there. Even if it's your altar call. I've been here for long. How they see me go to be healed? Really? Eventually, you're not going to be happy with your relationship with God. You're going to be a very gloomy Christian, a very sad Christian. And by the time you get to 80, it will be so sad, the stories that you'll be having. Stay on fire, stay aglow, fervent when it comes to the things of God. Praise the Lord. God is willing. And so we saw that God, that in atonement, healing was provided for. That has to just be so clear. That as the same way your sins were taken on the cross, your sicknesses were taken. And we saw a number of scriptures on that. I don't want to go back into that. Go watch the sermon if you did not watch. But you will see that right from the Old Testament, he puts them together. Who heals your, who forgives your sins and heals your diseases. Uh, he bore our iniquities, uh, in, uh, tra- tra- transgressions, uh, chastisement of our peace laid up on him. He bore our pains and sorrows, our sicknesses. By his stripes we were healed. Jesus came to fulfill what was written by the prophet Isaiah. We see God doing this physical healing. It was really part of redemption. Jesus tells the man who had the palsy to prove that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. Rise up, take your bed and go. Jesus never separated it. It is we preachers that separated it later. We came and preached a gospel that you're just free from guilt. You're just free from that. But sickness is a Sickness is a word. Like healing, we, we, we've made healing to look like healing is, a, is something you get after an appraisal. You get it? Healing is, healing is a, you, you, you get born again, but healing you now have to qualify. There is something more you do. If you've been working well in your Christian life, then now you're entitled to healing. You see, like in a company, when you're, you're in your company, there, there are people who are entitled to per diem. There are people who are entitled to, but there are those who are not. You get it? So it's like, ah, no, it's when you're at this level that you can get fuel allowance. It's when you're at this level that you can get lunch allowance. It's when you're at this level that you can get holiday allowance. So we think that healing is a holiday allowance. So most of us at the entry level of the, of the company, Christianity, we are at the entry level, so we don't qualify. But when we grow and get to a certain place, then we will qualify because our salary will be able to cater for that, which is a lie that the devil is using to propagate. When we see in the Bible, there is nowhere. The two times that Jesus sent out the disciples, when he sent them out 70, and later and tells them to go preach the gospel of the kingdom, he never left out, heal the sick. He never left it out. So to Jesus, it was very key. It was part of redemption. And by his stripes, we are healed. And when you see, when you see the story of the crucifixion, you realize that the stripes he received, it is something that was so elaborate. It is something that we know they were even mentioned, 39 lashes. Like it is something that, why would it be stated so clearly if it was not so key in what he came to do? And then I also told us when he was on earth, 
the biggest number of miracles he did were to the human body. Yet in the Old Testament, we see great miracles just in nature. We see earthquakes, we see rivers being parted, we see the Red Sea being parted, we see fire, rocks being split, we see all those things in the Old Testament. You would think that the Son of God would come and measure on those things. Because I believe even during his time, there are people you desire that the land should swallow. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, they were not only during Moses and whose time. The people where Jesus would be like, yeah, hey, let the land open up and it would be a miracle. But you see, he measured on lamb, blind, dead, feeding them. He measured on that. In John, John records, I think, about 12, but the seven, the seven were on human bodies. Then the others are just the fig tree, you know, walking on water. They are, they are those things. But he measured on the human body. Actually, he did miracles more than he preached sermons. They will preach sermons. It is so sad that we are in church, and some of us are in Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches, and somebody lives in church for 15 years. You've been in church, and you've never seen a miracle. You've never seen a miracle happen, a real miracle. You can't point to anyone like, this person was blind, I saw their eyes open. This person was deaf, I know they now hear. We've never, and you've been in church all that while. Isn't it amazing that in Acts 19, he says that by the hands of Paul, he wrote special miracles. By the time he calls them special miracles, it means miracles were so common. Now this time they were special ones. But now in the church, if we are not even seeing the ones he doesn't regard as special, the day-to-day. Yet he wants us to see greater things than were seen during that time. That is coming to an end, especially with you and me. Praise the Lord. That is why God has called us. That is why God has anointed us. Like he tells us in Romans that even to this age, he is preserved to himself a remnant. He has a remnant by the election of grace. That everyone may bash healing. Everyone may speak wrong about miracles. Everyone may talk whatever they want to talk. But God still has people that believe. He's reserved to himself. Like there were the 7,000 during the time of Elijah. During this time, he still has a remnant. He has a remnant. When he says, shall he find faith on us? Shall he find this kind of faith when he comes? I'm so glad if he comes, he will find us. We are here. He will find this kind of faith. He will find people who still believe, who still believe that God still does miracles, and miracles are for today. The power of God is for today. Praise the Lord. And people that contend for them. So if they were given in atonement, if they were given in the redemption, then faith is very key. Because whatever was given in redemption is appropriated by faith. Yeah? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace ye are saved through faith. So grace supplies, but faith takes hold of. Grace is what supplies. So by grace, Jesus came and he died on the cross. But he said that whoever believes shall have eternal life. Now that is faith. Eternal life was provided when he died on that cross. But it is possible for people not to live it or to have it until they engage faith, until they believe. 
And everything that was given in redemption is that way. And the example we first saw in the Old Testament was in Numbers, when they were being bitten by fiery serpents. And he said, whoever looks shall not die. Maybe there are somebody who are so tired to look. Maybe there are somebody who are so busy to look. Maybe there are somebody it didn't make logic to. They didn't want to embarrass themselves as a fool. No, I can't embarrass myself. They died. And it is the same thing happening today. I'm just going to go to church and my cancer is just going to go. As in I just have to, to believe, repeat a certain short prayer. And that is going to happen. And they forfeit it because faith appropriates it. Faith is what takes a hold of it. So if it has been provided for in redemption, faith is very crucial. Now when we talk about faith, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, faith is used in many ways. There is faith, faith is like a fruit, faith is a gift, faith is a noun. There is faith the noun, faith the belief system. You get it? Like the faith you've received, your faith. Remember the faith of your mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice. You, you, you remember talking to Timothy. He's talking, when I heard of your faith, he was not talking about, he was talking about faith, their belief, that they've believed on Jesus Christ. They are born again. So there's faith that, that you, we are of the same faith. You get what I'm saying? There's that. There's faith, faith, faith as the fruit, and that is where like faithfulness comes from. Like, I adhere to, I trust in. But there's faith that we live by. Like he says in Romans 1, Romans 1, 17 and Habakkuk 2, 4, the just shall live by faith. Now this is faith for daily living. Praise the Lord. And it is the same faith he talks about when he says, faith as little as a mustard seed. In, in faith, as, faith as little as a mustard seed. In other words, it's, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. It's talking about the power in a seed. A seed grows. This is faith to live by. This is faith to appropriate things by. And this faith grows. This is the faith he talks about in Romans 10, 17 when he says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Praise the Lord. It is faith that you can use on a day-to-day -day basis. So you're a person of faith. You're, you're a person of faith. That's true. You got born again. But not all of us are living by faith actively on the same level every other day. Not all of us. And now when it comes to healing, this kind of faith is going to be very crucial for us, especially as children of God. Praise the Lord. It is going to be very crucial. And we can see, even before Jesus, let's go to Luke chapter 7. Even before Jesus, before Jesus, uh, before Jesus died, we can see people engaging faith. A certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. Are you dear to your boss? Yeah? Yeah, a few people here are dear to their boss. It is so sad that some Christians are the greatest headaches to their boss. Are you a child of God, but every discussion is about you. Every board meeting is about you. You're the latecomer. You're the one misappropriating funds. You're the one doing what... We should not be that way. Praise the Lord. Especially we people who come to Ratsi. You should be the best at your workplace. You should be, have the best character. Praise the Lord. Even if they are malicious towards you, that you'll always stand out. Hallelujah. Yeah? 
Because if this guy was a headache, ah, he would not be in the Bible. We would not be reading about him. He would have just died because he was even ready to die. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. During this COVID time, some of you have testimonies, both the negative and the not negative. You get it? There are some of you who have testified. Your boss said, there is somebody here in Ratsi. The boss said, now we are closing, we are not working. And the boss told them, but during this time, the boss is paying them, and he's paying for them to go through a training so that after this season, they get a promotion, they work high, and he's also paying school fees from January for their daughter. During a time where it was reasonable to say, you see, we are not working. Because they are people of character. And there are some of you, before even the business closed, the boss told you, hey, now, <laughs> things are... Then later you heard that your colleagues are still there. <laughs> that should be far away from you as a child of God. That should be far away from you as a child of God. Yeah? If there is anything you're wanting in, let it never be character. Be accused of something else. Don't have poor performance at work. Praise the Lord. Don't have poor performance in community, in whatever you do. Let whatever you do be top-notch. Hallelujah. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews. Hey, on this guy's behalf, he sent elders of the Jews. <laughs> By the time he sent the elders of the Jews. Beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Imagine even this man was a noble man. Are you thinking about his employee that way? Even these people, he could send them because he was a noble man. You see how it's just so good for your character to be nice? Sometimes people think, you know, I, I saw a meme, a very nice meme. This leopard is stuck. I, don't, I think the leopard put its head in a bucket, so it's stuck. And they've written, you see, sometimes you think your friends don't want to rescue you. <laughs> but they know when they rescue you, you're going to bite them. <laughs> Some Christians are too salty. Just because God said, go be the salt of the earth. You're just sold to everyone. Your neighbors, you're down with the loud music. Your neighbors are ever knocking on your door. Can you reduce your music? Can you, can you, you, you enter the, you, you've gone, you've, you, you, you've, you've added sound to the exhaust of your motorbike. So you announce when, <laughs> and you're the born again. Then you're wondering that there is fire in your house. No one is showing up when there is fire in your house. You have a bath, then no one is coming. You see, they fear you're like that leopard in a bucket. I'm like, hey, we may help him put off that fire in his house. Then the next day he will be saying how we didn't do it right. That window would not have burnt. And you, you know, there are Christians who are like that. You should not be that Christian. It should be a joy for people to hang around you. If they have an issue, let it totally be on them. But don't be that, oh, this Christian is the one who does not pay. But thank God we don't have such people in Ratsi. Hallelujah. And you know it's true. You know you are looking at this with my wife and I'm like, we don't have such stories in Ratsi. It is so amazing. 
Churches where I grew up, there is somebody who everyone in church avoids. They borrow and they never pay. But you know, I've liked it. We have businesses in Ratsi. You guys have businesses. You buy from each other. You support each other. And you don't overbargain. If you're here and you... you Huh? No, uh, look at it this way. You know, I'm believing that if somebody comes to Ratsi, yeah, you're a person of integrity, isn't it? So I'm believing if you're going to charge for a service or for a commodity, you're not exploiting. And that even me personally, me and my wife, we've never bargained with anyone here. As long as we are buying from you, the price you tell us is what we pay for, isn't it? Because we believe you're a person of integrity. We believe you're making profit, but you're not exploiting. Because if you're not making profit, it would not be business. So it would be wrong if you're exploiting. So if we believe that, and guys, imagine how we can change our country just like this. I know you're a person who does not exploit. And some of you have even asked you, are you sure you're making profit on this that you're charging? Because it's not business if you're not making profit. It's an activity. You're busy. You, you, you get it? You must be making profit. But that's why I wouldn't also want to bargain because I believe you're a person of integrity. Because as long as I start bargaining, now I'm taking you into losses. So when I hear Ratsi people who bargain on everything, I don't know where canes are sold. Are they sold in Karyoko? These are people you know. If they give you a quotation, believe that they are people of integrity and it is what you're meant to pay for. If you can't afford it, tell them I can't afford it now. And it's good. It keeps a good relationship. Hallelujah. We should not have... And then if you're here and you're exploiting, don't exploit. Don't exploit. And you go, learn about business, learn how to charge. You get it? I know somebody will go, okay, I've bought these trousers, I've bought them from Gikomba, 200 shillings, I'm selling them at 500 shillings. And you see, the lie may be 300 is my profit. But you see, some of you have asked you, have you calculated your fare? Have you, you see, this is a business. It has to cater for its own airtime, it has to cater for fare. Where are you keeping in your house? Is it contributing to your rent? You see, when you don't have that business mindset, you're thinking, ah, it was 200, it's 300, so I've made money. You're not calculating time. Time is also money. If you keep it for more than six months before selling, it's a loss, no matter how much you sell it. You know what I'm saying? Let's have the best businesses. And even when outsiders come, they'll be so amazed by you. That you're not so much into... You know, you begin until the person... You, you, you know, I've worked with some Christians who begin until the person selling is almost crying. <laughs> Like. You get what I'm saying? Definitely there are those you know who are exploiting. You get what I'm saying? Out there. But there are times where you also have to... God, God is your source. It's not exploiting people. If I put 3,000, what if a guy doesn't know, then he comes and I tell him five and he gives me. That's how you're thinking to make your money. No one has grown big that way. Before a Cadillac is made, the price is told to you. You get what I'm saying? But when you go to these yards, you don't know the price. 
Are they richer than the Cadillac guy? <laughs> yeah? Put your price there and let it be that. Don't feel bad that somebody can't. But you even recommend a cheaper option for them. You get it? Because you see, like, my wife is a baker. And you see, some people come and they ask for cake, and the price they're asking, like, honestly, it's, it's, it's a loss. She's just going to be busy, not have time with me and our baby. I'm like, let it pass. No? She's like, no, I can't do a fruitcake at that amount. And it's that. If, it's, if she wants to give it as a blessing, okay, for you, I'll do it at this. That's it. You see, it's giving. But she's like, I'll not do it. I'm like, but you know, she will recommend. My wife will tell you, go to Cafe Deli, go to, you know, she will tell you where you'll get. Some of these people produce on large scale and what, so some, some people come and they, oh, you're charging this amount. Naivas charges this amount. <laughs> you don't know the scales of production of Naivas and in our kitchen, in our home. And she's, you want her to sell like Naivas. But you see, she's like, go, buy from Naivas. And it's okay, it's not bad. You, you, you don't have to buy everything from a Ratsi person. Or you as a Ratsi person. Ratsi people are not meant to be your customers. You know, there are people who are just so young. How can Ratsi people buy my things? And what? So if Ratsi was not there, you would have no business. <laughs> your, your business is just there because of Ratsi. Eh? Let's take our thumbs out of our mouth. Let's, let's grow up. Hallelujah. All that was to explain that this man was a very good man. <laughs> then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Verse 8. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. Isn't that amazing? You know, there are many things that I would trail to in this sermon. But you see, this man has authority because he is under authority. You can, only have under, uh, you can only have authority if you're submitted to authority. So the man is like, I'm, I have people because I'm under authority. In other words, I have authority because I'm under authority. He was under the Roman government. He was, the Roman government was authority above him as a centurion. And that's what gave him authority over other people. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doth it. When Jesus had these things, he marveled. It's only twice in Scripture that Jesus marveled at this faith and at their unbelief, the unbelief of his own people in his place. Those are the two times he marveled. Turned about and said unto the people that followed him, I said unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And you see, what's amazing is that this man was not an Israelite centurion. He was a Roman guy. That's why they are saying he's built as a synagogue. He was not Jew. And the other lady is the one who, the Shunammite lady, you remember? She was also not Jew. And she's like, even the dogs eat of the crumbs. And verse 10, and they that were sent 
returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. This man engaged faith even before Jesus had died. Because you see, Jesus was ready to go to his home, like he visited, to lay hands. Because no Jew, no Israelite had ever had such faith that Jesus could just speak a word. And their sick person would be healed. They always came for him and took him to the sick person. Now this man, do you, do you see how this shows you how in our relationship with God, there is flexibility. Like Jesus told them, let it be done to you according to your faith. There is somebody who has set a healing for their, their a timing for their healing. The new years is the last time this healing is going to be here. God will honor that faith. There is one who has said, I'm not leaving this service with this sickness. There is one who has said, the moment I step in that service, God will honor that. Like Jesus honored his. He may say, just speak a word. And later when you go on to read, it says, in, it was in that same hour that his servant was made whole, at home where he was. He said, just speak a word. He exercised his faith that way. This faith that we have been given. Very important. Hallelujah. It is the faith through which we appropriate. So healing has been given. It's been provided in redemption. But how do we appropriate for it? And you know you may say, ah, I don't have that faith. You see, you're not hopeless. Romans 10, 17 says faith can come. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word there, by the word of God, that word, word of God, is the word rema, rematos. It is not logos. There are many times you see the word of God being referred to as logos, but here it is referred to as rema. So he's not talking about the written word. He's not talking about the Bible. He's talking about rema. Rema is the spoken or revealed word of God. That is what he's talking about. It is not like in the beginning was the word. That he writes, he uses the word logos. But this uses the word rema. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by rema. That is how faith comes. And that is why it is so important for us to act quickly. Especially when words of knowledge are given. You see, words of knowledge as a gift is so, so key in healing. It goes hand in hand with healing many times. Praise the Lord. And you see, why does God give words of knowledge? It is to help faith because it is a rhema word. You get it? You see, how would I know that you have an issue with your leg right now? It is rhema. It is the word of God, but it is spoken. It is not just written. Praise the Lord. Now, there are people who believe that God does not speak beyond the logos, which is so sad. We have videos on hearing God's voice. You go listen to the videos on hearing God's voice on YouTube. It will bless you so much. And it's every child of God should be able to hear God's voice. And God's voice is not just the written word. We believe that if the book is closed, God goes silent. No, it's not that. We see, in the, we see many examples in the New Testament. Yeah, there is nothing in the Bible like go marry Caro. You, you get it, you're not going to get that in the Bible. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? 
their ministers who are talking, they are debating with, with Robert Morris, and they are telling him, God doesn't speak today. You Pentecostals, you charismatic, God doesn't speak today. Whatever he spoke, he spoke in the word. That's the final counsel, which we believe. It's the final counsel, definitely. But you know, they believe God gave us a book in this relationship with us, and he shut up. 2,000 years later, God is there mute because he finally published a book. You, you get what I'm saying? So they are saying God doesn't speak anymore because he's saying, I, because he's telling for God told me this, I felt this. Says, if you say God spoke to you, prove it to us. Show us in the Bible where it says that God told you this. You get it? Or he's standing and he's like, God told me when you were young, your mom prayed for you to do this and this. Say, no, those are evil spirits. Prove it in the Bible. Where did God tell you? And he also asked them a, a question. Did God call you guys? Has God called you? They said, yes. <laughs> Do you know your calling? Yes. Show me in the Bible. <laughs> you get it? These are people who are saying, God called me to pastor this church. Show us in the Bible that you, as reverend so-and-so, there is a scripture that says, reverend so-and-so, you're going to pastor this church in New Orleans. Show us. So you see, so they, 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 they refuse that God does not speak, yet they come and say, God told me. But God speaks. Praise the Lord. And so when the Rema word comes, it is to stir your faith. Faith comes by that Rema word. Because many times, and, and, and that is why, like especially as a ministry, I want us to continue being very responsible. You know, there are many people who have come. Thank God nowadays it is mainly new people, not, not the old ones. But there are many times I've given a word of knowledge here and no one responded. Then after service, Pastor, when you talked about that, it was me. But you see at times it is in that there is an anointing for that particular thing in that moment. And you see God wants to stir your faith in that very moment. You get it? For you to be like, okay, God knew this about me. He's revealed it. If he's revealed it, then he's going to keep, he's going to keep it to the end of the, of the bargain. He's going, to, he's going to, how does God reveal that he wants to heal me of this? Then he's going to do it. We see it in, in a few scenarios in the Bible. We see uh, how when he speaks to, to Paul, because there was scripture by that time, but Paul read scripture and faith never came. He actually just persecuted the church using scripture. But when God spoke to him, it was a rema word. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And Paul believed on him because of rema. And he sent him to Ananias. Go to this house straight. He will pray for you. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And your eyes will open because now Paul had become blind. And I'm sure Paul went believing that his eyes will be open. Because how could he meet that man? How could he? It was a word of knowledge. Praise the Lord. Now, word of knowledge is rema. But you can also get Rema from the Logos. As you read the Logos and meditate on the Logos, the Holy Spirit is to make the Word of God a reality to you. So as you continue in the Word of God, or you continue listening to the Word of God like this, a time comes where it, it, it feels like that scripture just jumped off the pages and just became a reality. That is how I got healed when I was 17. That's how I got healed of sinusitis. Because I'd always read Isaiah 53. 
I knew it. I'd underlined it in my Bible. But this time I read it and it's, I was healed. I was healed. By his stripes, I was healed. It became Rema. It became Rema. And faith came. And I didn't need to test myself to know if I was healed. I just knew that I was healed. I just knew that I was healed. Before testing. You get what I'm saying? Because Rema had come. Faith cometh by Rema. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I believe this man had had Rema. By the time he went even to that far, faith came to him. I believe he had heard of the things that Jesus does. And the more he thought about the things that Jesus does, I believe they became a reality to him. Being noble and as important as he was, was not embarrassing to him to call on Jesus when his servant was sick. Because Rema had come to him. And when Rema came, faith had come. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Very, very key in our work. It is very key. Let's read, let's read Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart or alone and said, Why could not we cast him out? They knew that this demon was male. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Here he didn't tell them because you've not fasted. You see, he was now going, like many who think it was because of, of fasting. He was now going into the unbelief is what he was addressing. And he says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Hallelujah. So he uses a mustard seed. Why? It is because a seed has life in itself. Praise the Lord. So it is not how big, it's not, that's why he chose, I believe, the mustard seed, which is the smallest of them all. But you see, it grows into a very big tree. That this faith can grow. The more you get rema, the more it grows. The more you get tremor, the more it grows. Because today you may think, I'm in faith. And that is why you see that whatever we exercise, our faith in that area grows. Just like I've always told you, right now I would be so shocked if I prayed for you to speak in tongues and you don't speak in tongues. You get it? It is not a statement of boasting. It is a statement of fact. You get what I'm saying? But for holy, I prayed for people to speak in tongues and it was hard to see them speak in tongues. And I used to tell them, in the right time, you will speak in tongues. In the right time, you get it. But the more I did it, my faith grew. In that right now, I can be half asleep and lay hands on you and you will speak in tongues. Because, you see, every time I pursued it, more rema, more rema, more revelation, more revelation, until it becomes part of you. And that is what we've seen even many times in the healing ministry. We've seen that. There are different people, as we are being used in healing, you will see that this person, they see more blind eyes healed more than they see deaf ears open. At times it is because they've exercised their faith more in that line. Praise the Lord. And now when it comes to blind eyes, are they just faithful? Like it is just, it is just almost... Like they don't even need to think about it. Praise the Lord. Because faith grows. 
And it is not that the faith that God gives you will grow, it expands. What I'm talking about here, us growing in this faith, this faith we live by is how we release it. I know we've been given the measure of faith. Each of us has the measure of faith, according to Romans 12, 3. It is there in us. But we grow in how to release this. So when he says, faith cometh by hearing, now this Rema word helps us on how to release. We release more and more and more. The first time I saw, I was reading, I think, a rhapsody of realities, and Pastor Chris is giving an example of where there's a guy who didn't even believe in speaking in tongues like what? During a crusade. And Pastor Chris tells him, come up to the stage. So why don't you believe in speaking in tongues? It's because people don't, they don't even understand what they are praying. They don't. And he explains to him, that's the very reason. He explains to him, he says, you, do you want to, to speak in tongues? Do you want to receive? He said, yes. He says, so you're going to speak in tongues right now? Tell him, close your eyes. Father, feel him. And he began. So you see, at this time I'm in high school and I'm reading. I'm like, what? How did he know that guy could speak? He put him up there in front of the whole audience. And he believed that in that instant, that man was going to speak in tongues. You get what I'm saying? At that time, that's where my faith was. It's not that God had not given me the measure of faith because I was born again. But you see, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe reading that, Rema came from there. A desire started in me. As in, you can just parade up someone and you're sure they are going to speak in tongues. You're just sure. You get it? And now today, I realize I can do the same thing. But you see, at that time, I looked at it and it was so far. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he says, as little as a mustard seed, which faith you have already received. So as long as you keep in the word of God, you keep hearing the word of God and Rema keeps coming. That's why it's so key what you surround yourself with, especially as a child of God. Now this is very different from the gift I explained to us last time. That the gift may not require so much faith to operate. You get what I'm saying? The gift may not require so much faith to operate. And that is why you say that if you're operating in that gift, at times your theology concerning whatever you're operating in is not even consistent. You find if somebody is operating healing by the gift or the gift of prophecy, their theology about it may not be right. They may not even know. But you see, it's just easy. I just see you and start seeing things about you and start telling you things about you. But if you ask me, teach me how to hear God like you hear God. I know nothing. I have no clue. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, ah, so and so is sick. Imagine you're going to be healed right now. I say, teach me about healing. I know nothing about healing. I'm like, I don't know. All I know is that I lay hands on people and they get healed. You get know what I'm saying? Because it is a gift. And yet you realize that many times you're operating in the gift, because the gift is to others. Many times the gift does not just automatically operate for you. And that is why for you as a child of, of God, even operating in the gift, you need this. You need to realize I can appropriate. And that is why we see that many of even the most gifted people were taken out by sickness. You, you get what I'm saying? Many of these people that we're reading about in God's generals, so like why couldn't they use the gift on themselves? Some of them used to be carried in the tent where healing is being done. Carried on a stretcher on a bed. And sick people would be brought and they just lay hands on sick people. They can't even preach. So like why didn't they lay hands on themselves? 
You, you get what I'm saying? But now this, the word, faith will work for anyone. Whether you have the gift or you don't have the gift, this is not limited. And that is what he says. These will stand, these will avail, faith, hope, and love. They will not fail. Praise the Lord. And when we are living by this faith every day, there is a testimony of, I know you've heard of a testimony of, I think, Bishop David Oyedepo. I heard of the story of the wife, the wife was, there is a time the wife was so sick, she was admitted somewhere in America. And you see, many people had laid hands. Definitely he was friends to big people. Pastor Benin, Oral Roberts, many of the healing giants taken, and the lady was there. And you see, when they had all laid hands, this is what I was told, that during that time, because T.L. Osborne had also laid hands, T.L. Osborne decided to come every day with his Bible, subconscious. She's, she's subconscious, and he sits there, and he would read healing scriptures, healing scriptures, and is it after, I don't know, three days? I don't know how many days. She just got up very okay. Very okay. And T.L. Osborne said, there are places where the gift may fail. There are places where the anointing may seem limited. But the word will never. They are, and you see, that is why even in these missions we are saying, teaching people is key. There are people we are going to lay hands on and we will not see the instant results. But as we teach, Rema is going to get to these people. At times as we teach, we may even leave them without the desired result. But because we taught, Rema will come, even when they are on their own. And it will not fail. Because God cannot deny himself. He is as sovereign as his word. And it is true. This is something that God was teaching me like two years ago, three years ago. And you see, at that time, I was so shocked. Like, so there is a place where the anointing may be limited. There is a place where, but this rhema, you get the word of God. And that is why the anointing would be depleted. Look at faith. Another story I can give you is a story of all Roberts. I've told you about this. There is a boy whose, I think, the hip bone, hip bone was removed. Yeah? And all Roberts used to pray for people. Definitely we know he had that gift. And he would feel power leave his right hand. And, and as a person, you're the one ministering. You see, when you're the one ministering, that gift is so dependent on the person ministering. Do you know that? Even at times when we're even preaching the gospel, because God is working through our vessel. So if I'm tired, I'm not going to minister to you effectively because I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm oh, pastor, can you pray for me? Oh, please, God. <sighs> I may not really release like I would release because I'm exhausted. God flows through people. And so in these prayer lines, like the last cases, that's why they would feel like the anointing has lifted because the minister is tired. He's tired. He just wants to go sleep. So Roberts would lay hands on people and see the power of God. And now he's so tired, he's exhausted, he's finished praying. The mother comes with this boy to him and says, I want you to pray for this boy. By that time in his ministry, he had never seen a creative miracle. You get it? He had seen lame legs straightened out. He had seen blind eyes open. He had seen such things, but not missing parts. So he, he asks, he says, he's tired. Can they come tomorrow? They're like, no, it's today. So he's like, can, can, what's the matter? So he's like, 
his hip bones, either hip bones were removed or what, so that's why he can't walk. So all robbers is like, I don't have faith for that. I don't have faith for a bone being recreated. And the mother told all Roberts, we've not asked you for faith. We've asked you to believe. I mean, we've asked you to pray. Me and my son are believing. You just pray. You, you get what I'm saying? And in that, I know when you Google, you can see when you read some of all Roberts' books, you will see the story. And in that state, tired, he prayed. And when he prayed, they left. The next day, the boy was on that stage walking, testifying. All Robert's ministry followed this boy till he was like 42, hiking, he's gone, Mount Everest, what? And there are photos of him as a man, grown with those bones there, recreated. Now, what am I saying? His gifting had come to the limit. The anointing had lifted. His body had given way. There was a mother and a son not gifted, maybe not anointed for healing, but they believed. And they were able to appropriate that that had been given for them at Calvary, whether the anointing was there or not there, whether the gift was working or not working. Praise the Lord. That is going to be very key for you as a child of God, to walk in divine health. It is going to be very key. For you to always know it was done at Calvary. But I have to walk in it. And faith is not passive. It is active. So you can't just say, I believed today and it didn't work. No. You stay on until. That is why Jesus marveled at some of these people. Look at this lady. He tells this lady, I can't give bread of the children to dogs. That would put off any Christian today. Actually, they would write about him. This man of God calls people dogs. You get what I'm saying? He called a poor widow a dog. This pastor, Bishop Benjamin, he, he just, you know, he would be all over. Tuko Kenya, Facebook, where? He would be all over. He called a poor widow who had a sick girl. He said, I can't give food of the children to a dog. And the child was sick. At least he would have gone untouched. Imagine that didn't put off this lady. Persistent faith. Resilience. That lady believed. This is my day. I, I don't know where she had got the rumor from. She just answers back and says, even dogs eat of the crumbs that fall off the table. So many times when some of us are talking about faith, I'm in faith, we were not really in faith. Because you see, faith is the evidence of things not seen. If you go to that place where it's Rema, and you've seen it, yet it's not seen, you can't give up. You can't give up on something you've, see, you, you've seen. You get what I'm saying? I can't deny that this podium is not here. You get it? By the time I say I believed God was going to heal me, then he didn't heal me, then you didn't believe. Because faith makes it a reality. The Amplified says it's the title deed. So once you have the title deed, you know the land is yours. Another example is Smith Wigglesworth prayed in a prayer meeting and said, by faith, this very example from Hebrews, by faith you have this, and a lady who had goita, she believed she was healed. She went home testifying to everyone. 
I was healed of my goita. I was healed. And people kept laughing at her. People kept laughing at her. And she went to God and said, God, these people don't have faith. You know, they, because they can't see it with their naked eyes, they don't believe it was done. That's how much she had believed. When faith comes, faith doesn't draw back. Faith doesn't quit. When you've seen it, you've seen it. When you see that Jesus did it 2,000 years at the cross, I am the healed. I'm not, you see, sickness has come to my body. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I am the healed, reaffirming my status to this sickness. I'm the healed. You get it? I'm not trying to be healed. I was 2,000 years ago. Because faith doesn't lose the grip of it. It gripped it some time back when that tremor came. And this lady keeps saying, so this lady like, God, now for their sake, take it away. So the next morning, the waiter is not there. You see, I told you, me, I knew. She told them. Another man also was blind. Still in, um, I think it was, this one I think was Branham. I think it was in a Branham meeting. And he says, my eyes were healed. My eyes were healed. So he goes to his barber. And the barber is shaving and they are laughing at him. Your eyes were healed. Yes, they were healed. Last night in the meeting, my eyes were healed. As told, Jesus provided my healing I received. So they are making fun of him because he came in with a, with a walking aid and all that. So they make fun of him. They're like, oh, then read for us the newspaper. And the moment they gave him the newspaper, his eyes opened and he started reading. But you see, he, you know, many people say, many, many, they don't say it, but many Christians want to see, then believe. That's not how faith works. You get it? You see it. It becomes reality before it's there. Just like I told you, that's what happened to me when I got healed of sinusitis. I didn't need to test. I didn't check if, is that, is that, because it was frontal sinuses. I used to have headaches when I bent, even when, like, if I would press. You get it? So I didn't first try. I was just rejoicing. Thank you for healing me. Like, I was just so overwhelmed that God has healed me. And after all the praising, all the, my dances, I've done all the dances, all the best strokes I've never done for you here. I checked and there was no pain. But you see, I grasped it by the eyes of faith. So many times we are waiting to first feel it. We're waiting to first. And I'm not saying that you pretend. You get it? That's so different. There are many Christians who say, are pretending. I know I was healed. I know I was healed. I know I was healed. And I know, this pain is going to go. But you see, it's not yet rhema. That's why when you meditate on the word, it becomes rhema. You're not just trying to say it. You've really seen it. It's, it's, it's your reality. Whatever is on the physical is no longer reality. It has become, you're not pretending, you're not speaking in faith. Actually, you're really speaking in faith. What many people say today, I'm speaking in faith, is not speaking in faith. If you're speaking in faith, you don't have to say, I'm speaking in faith. You get what I'm saying? Jesus didn't keep saying, I'm speaking in faith. I'm speaking in faith. You get it? Yeah. Oh, your child, when I'm, when I'm throwing Ada up, you see when I keep throwing Ada up, she keeps laughing. You get it? She doesn't keep saying, I believe my father will hold me when I come down. I believe my father will hold me when I come down. I believe I will not fall. I have faith I will not fall. I have, no. She has absolute faith. So she just laughs. You get what I'm saying? 
If your land was grabbed and you're told, come, we are helping you to settle this, every day you're there with your fire. What time should I come tomorrow? Whether you have fire or you don't have fire, you will borrow, you will do anything, and you will be there every day. You will wait in line. Then, oh, the lines are so long, you will not care because you know it belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. Health belongs to you. Praise the Lord. Treat it that way. Don't just read a scripture and say, a, 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 a one-minute prayer, Father, let the headache go. It didn't go. You get, you get what I'm saying? No, that's not how you're going to see it. That's not how you're going to live in divine health. Faith is going to be very key. Do you really believe it's yours? Do you believe Jesus, when he received those stripes, it was for you? Act like it's for you. Act like somebody grabbed your land. Act like somebody has taken your car. Act like you know somebody who took your phone. You know where your phone is. You get what I'm saying? That is how, that is how we engage this faith. And you see in the Bible, he's put us on the offensive. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. He says, resist the devil. Submit yourselves to God, therefore. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Submitting yourself to God is aligning yourself with what God has said about you. Then you get authority to resist the devil. Many Christians are just there, ah, when it happens in its own timing, oh, I'm trying this. I'm... Don't try. Do it. Don't try. Stop trying has never helped anyone. Do it. Do it. Pursue it. Have a meeting. Resist the devil. When everyone goes to sleep at night, tell them, leave the living room for me. Even those who sleep in the living room, tell them, use my bedroom today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And now sit in that living room and say, devil, today you have to hear me. And we are going to start right from the beginning. The seed of this woman shall bruise your head, shall crush your head. Has your, uh, do you still want it crushed? Okay, let's go on. Let's go. Take him, lecture him. Until he's like, I'm not going to show up in this house anymore. I'm never. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I know a few, uh, Eli has met this uh, friend of mine. He's called Apostle Kelly. He's, he's in Kitengela. We were with him in Christ in Uganda. He was studying in Makere. Apostle Kelly was diagnosed with HIV. He's now married, HIV free. He has a baby. He was diagnosed with HIV. His dad was shaken. You get it? And he came to church and he said, I've been diagnosed with HIV. And he was asked, I think by Bishop Isaiah, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to preach it out of my system. Three weeks, he locked himself in the room and he's like, HIV here. By his stripes, I was healed. HIV. He said, I'm going to preach it out. And he did that literally three weeks, and he went and tested, negative, tested, negative, tested, negative, came to Kenya with his dad, tested, negative, tested, negative, today he's married, he has a child, he's negative. Now imagine if he was just a pastor laid hands on me, and maybe it will work in its own time, he would still be on ARVs today. But you see, that is stubborn faith. Engage. That is the faith, he says, will I find this kind of faith? When I come, engage because it is yours. It belongs to you. But some of us have settled even with some things. We call them our allergies, my ulcers. 
Jesus came to take them away from you. Why should you have them? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.